Fast forward. It's opening day, April 7th. I'm handing you a blank lineup card and a pen. Who's on your Cubs opening day lineup? What's on the docket? We'll explore some options for Cubs lineups 2022 today on an all-new Locked On Cubs. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Friday. The weekend is nearly upon us. Welcome into Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Andrew Bellison. Locked On Cubs, proudly part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, thank you for taking the time each and every morning, especially here on this Friday morning in Chicago, for making Locked On Cubs your first listen of the day. We love you. I'm telling you, I am honored to be part of the Locked On Cubs family, and I am so thankful you're taking me along for the ride. This is all your show. I'm just here kind of controlling the reins, but I don't even know if I do that good of, good of a job at that. At any rate, join us on social media, would you? At Chicago Cubs PA, at Locked On Cubs. Love to engage with you guys. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk Cubs. Let's be respectful of each other's opinions, however, as well. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got almost 600 followers. We had none when I started in December. I'm so proud of all of us for coming together to talk Cubs baseball through the lockout. Can't thank you enough for your support. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We'd really, really appreciate it. Well, we're going to fly out to Mesa later, so grab your suntan lotion and your sunglasses so we can catch up on the latest spring news, notes, nuggets, and bullets out of Sloan Park and Cactus League play. Before we do that, though, we must see who's batting for the Cubs this year. Man, I hated that. Ten years I did P.A. Wrigley Field. I despised. Strangers would come up to me. We'd meet once, and the next time I'd see him, or neighbors or friends. Soon as they'd see me, oh, no betting, number 22. Ah, ridiculous. I don't know why it drove me so nuts, but if I really sounded like that, maybe that's why. At any rate, we've talked pitching at length, starting rotation, how good the top three are in that rotation compared to last year. We've talked bullpen, we've talked bench, we've talked depth, this and that. DH, et cetera, et cetera. We have not devoted enough time to offense because guess what? Pitching and defense, what? They win championships, so we've heard. You can't win unless you score runs, right? Right. Going to be interesting to see how things shake out. David Ross suddenly has like this plethora of depth as the Cubs have gone nuts signing players in the last week and a half, which is kind of what we expected, a little bit of a flurry after the lockout. So today, let's take a deep look into David Ross's options for 2022 as things stand today in terms of lineups he can craft out of the players he has. And I want to know what you think. What's your starting nine on opening day versus a lefty versus a righty? Tweet at me at Lockdown Cubs at Chicago Cubs PA. Let me know. So let's start crafting our starting eight behind the pitcher against a southpaw on the mound. I'm lefty. I've got that lefty bias. So the Cubs are playing today against a left-handed starting pitcher. What are we looking at? 
in terms of lineup. Let's go position by position first. Let's start in the outfield. How about left field versus left-handed hitters? Not super surprised if we saw Ian Happ and Jason Hayward take a seat a lot of the time, um, which could open up left field for Clint Frazier and maybe center for Michael Hermosillo against the lefties. We talked yesterday on Lockdown Cubs, Clint Frazier, a defensive liability, um, but you want to get his stick in there as much as you can. He really hasn't even blossomed, we don't think, into the player that people thought he was when he was a fifth overall selection just a few years ago. Frazier has actually been better against right-handers um, for his career, but he's still a righty, and his splits against lefties are stronger than Ian Happ, are stronger than Jason Hayward, are stronger than Rafael Ortega. Ortega can't hit lefties one bit, none. Zero extra base hits against left-handers last year. This is all subject to Clint being healthy, of course, had those concussion issues last year, as well as how Ian Happ bounces back from the offseason elbow surgery on his throwing shoulder, or on his throwing hand, throwing side. So more about Ian Happ later in the show as well. But left field versus left-handed hitters, Frazier, Hermosillo, couple options there. What about center field? Against left-handers, I really would like to see the aforementioned Michael Hermosillo get a chance. Um, career 245 average, 360 on base percentage, 408 slugging percentage against left-handers. He's their best option there. I also think we're going to see Ian Happen center field against the left-handers from time to time as well. Keep in mind last year, Ian Happ had some years which he or some months were, were that were just off the charts good. And then he had months that were so bad it was like, oh, can't even look at these numbers. So if he's hot, I mean, you're going to play him. And don't get me wrong, David Ross is going to plug and play and give his guys the best chance to succeed depending on the matchup. But if if Ian Happ is in one of those smoking hot months and we hope for a little bit more consistency, obviously, throughout the course of the year, be hard to sit him down. Right field, easy. No brainer. Say a Suzuki. Uh, he should be there every day, period. End of story. You don't go out, make a splash on an international free agent like that to platoon him in any sort of way. So that's the plan there. Okay. Keep slotting that lineup back towards the infield and catcher. Obviously, Wilson is your guy. More on him later in the show as well. Um, in there against any lefty, in there most days, unless Gomes just has to is is going to spot him a day off because he's caught five or six days in a row or whatnot. This is going to be a healthy split between Contreras and Gomes. Don't get me wrong. Um, we've discussed this a lot, and make no mistake, Wilson's going to get the bulk of the reps behind the dish, but with the DH now in the National League, he can be swapped out, and you're going to see both Gomes and Contreras in the lineup together when this happens, and I love that, but Against a left-hander, you figure, just for the sake of our little drill here, Wilson, he's your main man. He's the go-to guy. Slot along to first base, 90 feet down the line. Frank Schwindel crushed left-handers last year. I mean, crushed them. You want to see the numbers? 41 games, 80 plate appearances against lefties, hit 324, 400 on base percentage, six home runs, OPS against left-handers last year. 1076. Now, we obviously hope that continues, but it was a smaller sample size, 51 games. He's earned the right to lose the job, period. Put it that way. Second base. This is intriguing to me as we shuffle across the diamond. 
We've discussed Cubs middle of the infield options at length here lately, and you're probably tired of me talking about him. I think Nico Horner needs to be in the lineup every time there's a lefty um, on the hill in opposition. Same could be said for Nick Madrigal. You know my thoughts about wanting them at the top of the order as table setters as well. And you also hope that Andrelton Simmons gets a good chunk of starts against lefties because he's not great at the plate the last few years in general. And against righties, it's been really bad. So you'd want to see him in there for offense's sake against a left-hander. Second base is the most obvious spot for Horner. Again, love the Horner and Madrigal options, not only for their defensive slot, but again, at the top of the order, they're table setters. For those of you that don't know what I mean there, they they get things going at the top. They're contact guys, non-strikeout guys, want to see them set things up for the middle of the Cubs order. And I love having them at the top. And David Ross talked about that a little bit and said they'll move around, but, you know, probably going to see them up there quite a bit. On-base contact guys, such a nice treat and a healthy change of pace to combat the nearly 1,600 team strikeouts this club had last year. Jonathan BR will be in the mix at second base as well against left-handers, but kind of that's the, the kind of picture that, that we're painting there. What about shortstop? Well, back to Andrelton Simmons. Um, 44 WRC plus against righties last year. So if he's not starting against most righties, he's likely going to be in there against most lefties against whom he's a little bit better offensively, but still not very good. But you brought him in for his glove. And this is going to be dependent on who's on the mound, I'm sure, as well. He's not here for his bat. You got Jonathan VR as well. You got Horner. You got Madrigal. Um, Strowman, for instance, going back to who's on the mound, you know, 60% ground ball rate almost last year. You want a Simmons type guy at shortstop, regardless of who's throwing against them, lefty or righty. And as we've mentioned, Simmons and Horner up the middle. If you were Simmons at short against a left-hander, Horner at second base against a left-hander is about as good as it gets defensively up the middle in in the league in terms of that tandem. Um, And that's a heck of a combo that we're going to want to see there. But lots of good options, again, plug and play, especially with VR now in the mix. What about third base? Well, solid defense and enough upside to at least investigate. Patrick Wisdom should get the shot this year. Again, like, like across the diamond at first base, I feel like Wisdom Although the sample size was small after Bryant was dealt, it's his job to lose as far as I'm concerned, lefty or righty on the mound. He deserves the opportunity after the production last year, although the body of work again was smaller. This is where the VR signing looms large again for the Cubs. You'll sometimes see wisdom at the DH position, we assume as well as Ross alluded to. That way you can plug VR in at third, wisdom at DH, et cetera, et cetera, maybe vice versa. Sometimes VR last year against lefties, though, really, really good. So I do like the idea of getting him some starts at third base against left-handers. For VR last year in 157 plate appearances against lefties, 281 average, three home runs, 331 on base percentage, far and away more productive against lefties in a much smaller body work than he was against righties. Now, designated hitter. 
That's my carousel music, in case you're you're not inclined. I think the Cubs are going to try to keep Madrigal's bat in the lineup as often as possible because they're going to want him at the top of the order, which is what I've been preaching. Uh, so on days when Simmons and Horner are both in the lineup, Madrigal might be the best option at DH against an opposing left-hander on the mound. Again, options, 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 David Ross said. The DH slot is not going to be a set player. You will see many guys occupy that role. So, in summation, Andy's Lockdown Cubs lineup against a left-hander from catcher, Wilson Contreras. Let's go around the diamond. First to third, Schwindel, Horner, Simmons, Wisdom. Left to right in the outfield, Frazier, Hermosillo, Suzuki, Madrigal, D.H. All right, halfway home. We got the lefties covered. I want to know what you think, so let me know on Twitter. What's your lineup? Opening day, Cubs, at Chicago Cubs PA, at Lockdown Cubs. Let me know. Now, what options does David Ross have up his sleeve if there happens to be a right-hander on the mound? I'll explain my takes on those coming up in a moment. Before I do, you hear it every day, but have you tried the Built Bar Puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallow-y. They're not just a protein bar. They're legitimately a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Low-calorie, high-protein food covered in 100% real chocolate. They're better than a candy bar. And listen, they're healthier than a candy bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein, which is through the roof. Compare that to a candy bar. 240 cows, 30 grams of sugar, tons of net carbs, all trash, all garbage, rips up your insides, no good. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order at Built.com using code LOCK15. Andy's lineup. Against right-handers for the Cubs, next. Welcome back in, everybody. This is indeed Lockdown Cubs, proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Happy Friday to you. Are you ready to roll to the weekend? Because we are close. Hope you had a wonderful week. Hope you have some great, great weekend plans. Want to thank you for taking the time each and every morning to spend your morning with us and making us your first listen. Want to remind you also that Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he goes deep on the Major League Baseball stars of Manana. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, just like Lockdown Cubs is. So please check him out as well. Check out our YouTube page. Subscribe. Would you subscribe, please? We'd love that. Great stuff on our Lockdown Cubs YouTube page. So, got your morning Java or whatever you like to sip on when you get out of bed. We're rolling along, keeping with the Cubs offense, now talking about lineup options for David Ross against an opposing right-handed pitcher. So, we're going to go back to the outfield in left field. We think, and we're going to talk about Ian Happ again later on. I told you we would. Ian Happ deserves the majority of starts in left field against right-handed pitchers. There are other options, but I feel like the Cubs owe it to themselves and us to see which version of Ian Happ shows up. Again, we mentioned it. Look at his splits last year month by month. Excuse me. 
He had some months that were literally through the roof good. I mean, like, whoa. And then it was either all or nothing because the bad months were bad. Like, whoa, bad. Still recovering from the offseason elbow surgery, which was on his throwing arm. But he's expected to be ready by opening day. Got some action earlier this week in Cactus League play. This to me, and I'll just throw this out there in complete honesty, <coughs> excuse me, is a huge make or break year for Ian Happ. Again, had some giant months, had some terrible months last year. It was all or nothing. Now it's time. It's time to put it all together over the course of 162 games, be productive, stay healthy, and see what he can offer moving forward and know exactly what you have in a player like him. But long story short, against right-handers, I want Ian Happ in left field taking the bulk of the reps. Back to center field. If it were up to us, and I'm sure a lot of you will feel this way after watching Cubs baseball in 2021, Rafael Ortega should draw the most starts in center field against right-handed pitchers until he proves us wrong or otherwise. Fair enough. Look what he did last year against right-handers. This is silly. 95 games, 271 plate appearances. He hit 321 with a 374 on base percentage, clubbed 11 home runs, 900 OPS against right-handers. Until he proves to us that that was a fluke or not, he's got to get the reps in center field against right-handed pitching. Fair is fair, right? Here's the deal. Jason Hayward's still on this club, and he's now moved over to center field essentially with the Suzuki signing, which is you know awesome of him to willingly do that. Um, you know David Ross is going to give him some reps in center. And I'm sure, I mean, he's going to see days in right too. Suzuki's not going to play 162 games. It's probably the right thing to do, but it feels so wrong. I mean, we know what kind of offensive production we're getting from a guy like Hayward at this point. We'll see how it unfolds. But if it's me, I'm making the lineup. Cubs are playing against a right-handed pitcher. I want Ortega in center field until he proves me wrong. Right field, again, Suzuki. You don't go out and make a splash on a guy like that, international free agent, slugger, and platoon him with anybody. That's his position, period. Back to behind the plate. More of the same. Lefty, righty, I don't care. Contreras is your guy. We know this. He's going to get days off. He's going to be in the designated hitter role. He's going to just get scheduled days off, period, with nothing. No DH, no nada. You've got an extremely capable backup in Jan Gomes who can hit the ball and calls a great game as well. So you're going to see both of those guys in and out depending on the day, regardless of who's on the hill. Again, at first base, I said this before, you know, if Alfonso Rivas is on the roster, you're going to see him take a few starts away from Schwindel at first. But given what Schwindel did last year, uh, I think that he has to prove that it was no fluke and let him prove you wrong before you start plugging other options at first base. So lefty or righty on the mound, I want Schwindel at first base. Okay, back to the middle of the infield, which is where I feel like we have this log jam, right? If Andrelton Simmons is not starting against all righties, someone's got to play short. And Simmons does not hit well, period, especially against righties. But you want Simmons in there for the glove work, especially depending on who's pitching for the Cubs. Um, so that someone or other someone is probably either Nico or Jonathan VR. 
I love Simmons glove, but I also love the combo of Horner and Madrigal up the middle, which would mean Horner at short because the lineup one, two punch that gives you uh, Horner probably won't start as many games at short against righties as some of you may want, or maybe that I would like to see, but this is how I'd set it up at least to start the year. I'm really intrigued as to what Nico and Nick can offer at the top of the order, setting the table. It just speaks volumes when you can push opposing pitching staffs and defenses with guys like Madrigal and Horner, contact guys who get on base and put pressure on them right away, especially early in game. So I want to see that, meaning you got to get them into the field of play as well. Shortstop, again, an extension of what we just talked about at second base on a normal day against a normal or better righty. Probably not going to see Simmons. Um, that means Horner and VR splitting time at short on those days. Really aren't any other options right now. Bringing Madrigal at second. Again, you, you got a few, you know, plug and plays, but we'll see how David Ross, uh, the route he goes. I think depending on the day, I love Simmons glove, but I love the idea of Horner and Madrigal up the middle. Defensively, though, with Simmons at short and Horner at second, it's probably as good as it gets. And then VR2 can play multiple positions. Depth is key. We've discussed this a million times. I mean, it's it's now now they have a little bit of it, especially up in the middle of the diamond. Back to third base, just like across the diamond with Frank Schwindel. Um, I think third is mostly there for wisdom to take and run with. We're going to see VR a little bit as well as we touched on, especially against those tough righties. Um, we devoted a full show to strong bench depth and how all good teams have guys they can slot in on any given day. And the last week and a half, I feel like, of Cubs signings have given them this opportunity with VR, Schwindel, Nico, Madrigal, Simmons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as we discussed at first base, regardless of who's on the Hill, it's Wisdom's full-time job to lose, in my opinion, at third. DH, Clint Frazier, maybe. Willie, we'll see. Gomes, we'll see. Madrigal, if Horner's at second, we'll see. Patrick Wisdom, if Jonathan VR's at third, we'll see. Again, it's going to be a mix and match. Don't make me do it again. That's a carousel music, but that's a good thing. It means you have options, and David Ross does. So in in summary, um, against right-handers, you know, Wilson's the go-to behind the dish. Schwindel's the go-to at first. Probably going to see more Madrigal at second base against the right-handers. Horner at short. You're going to slot in VR behind him. You're going to slot in Simmons sometimes behind him as well. Wisdom's job to lose at third base with VR backing him up as well. I want Ian Happ in left field against against right-handed pitching. I want Rafael Ortega in center field against right-handed pitching. Suzuki's the go-to guy in right, period. And get Cliff Frazier some at-bats against right-handers. I think we could really, really be impressed at what he can do if he's healthy and getting a good chunk of consistent at-bats this year in 2022. There you go. What do you think? I want to hear your lineups. Opening day, blank lineup card in the pen. Let me know at Chicago Cubs PA at Locked on Cubs. Do me a favor real quick. Get your shades. Get your sunscreen. We're headed to Arizona. Talk Cubs spring training next. Before we do, I want to remind you, it's that time of year again. This college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news all season long. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including 
live betting, and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action only available at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. Lockdown Cubs rolls after this. Welcome back in. I'm Andrew Bellison, former public address announcer at Wrigley Field. Thank you for taking the time to be with us here today. We made it to the weekend. Are you pumped? What are you doing this weekend? Hope you had a great week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. We've got some news, some notes, lots going on out in Mesa. So let's rub down with some sunscreen. Let's put the shades on. Put on your floppy hat. Let's pretend because it's cold and rainy here, man. This stinks. Couple things that we saw. Marcus Stroman said he had two goals going into Wednesday's outing. Come out of it healthy, which he did, and build up his pitch count, which he did. Two plus inning against two plus innings against the A's for Stroman. Struck out three, walked two, allowed two runs on three hits. He said he thought his stuff was good, but tried to be too fine with his pitches when he fell behind in counts. Staying on the pitching side, Rowan Wick, Scott Efros continued to look good. Early, each tossing a perfect inning. So that's good news coming out of the Cubs pen. And we talked about Ian Happ. We could talk about him again, too. It's Ian Happ Day, apparently. Made his spring debut as a designated hitter. He is progressing well as he returns from minor surgery on that right elbow. Was 0 for 1 with a walk and a run scored. How about the newbie? Another newbie. Michael Givens officially added to the 40-man roster, signed a one-year major league deal, mutual option for 2023 between the Cubs and Givens. To make room, Cubs uh, designated infielder Sergio Alcantara to open a, a spot on the 40-man for Gibbons. Seven big league seasons, 31-year-old, solid reliever, back into the bullpen, mostly 341 career ERA. Ross wouldn't label him yet, but he'll surely be part of that bullpen rotation, especially with the expanded April rosters due to the lockout. What about Seiya Suzuki, your Cubs right fielder, Wednesday? Ross announced Suzuki's scheduled to make his Cubs debut later today. So tune into that if you want to see the Cubs debut of Seiya Suzuki. Northsiders are going to host the Rockies and Chris Bryant at Sloan Park. Manager said the slugger will get the nod in right field for his first spring training game. Now, back to Rafael Ortega. Suzuki's arrival in right means that Ortega, who was great last year in center, especially against those right-handers offensively, is going to compete for time against Jason Hayward, who has shifted from right field to center. Clint Frazier and Michael Hermosillo also competing for time in the outfield between left and center as well. Said David Ross, we'll make those decisions as things get towards the end. If guys are healthy, we'll see how our roster shakes out and what best flexibility it gives us. It's nice to have options as a skipper, is it not? Back to Ian Happ for the final time today, I promise you that discussed his health and his playing time. What about the moolah? Well, he avoided arbitration. He and the Cubs reached a $6.85 million deal for the 2022 season, avoiding the arbitration hearing. Now, on the flip side, Cubs unable to reach an agreement with catcher Wilson Contreras. Catcher wanted 10 and a quarter million bucks. Club counter with 9 million bucks. No extension, no extra year. We do not like that here at Locked on Cubs. We hope for the best, and we hope to see Wilson behind the plate on the north side for a long time, but right now that doesn't look like the greatest possibility. Enjoying while we have him. Hey, 
Thank you for taking the time to make Lockdown Cubs your first listen today. We're free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast. So download us today and check us out on YouTube as well. We'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube page. We ask that you make your second listen today. Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. Free and available, just like Lockdown Cubs is wherever you download your favorite podcast. To the weekend we go. We'll talk next week. Have a wonderful two days off. This has been Locked on Cubs. I'm Andrew Bellison. Adios.